0: You're listening to Simple Roots Radio, episode number 175, and today is the last bonus episode in this mindset series, and today I want to talk about the difference between emotions and feelings. Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Sherm. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. And now your host, Alexa Sherm. Welcome back to this podcast. As always, my name's Alexa, and this is the place to get healthy, live happy, and find more joy. I'm so thrilled that you're here. We're just one episode away from the end of our mindset series. What a whirlwind this summer has been, but in such a good and an enlightening way. I hope that you have found this so beneficial and helpful in your own life. I know I have been working through this stuff and processing it, And honestly, just coming to the understanding, like I mentioned last week on the bonus episode and talked to Amy about, is that this work has to be done in order to heal. Yeah, we can maybe slap some band-aids on it, maybe work on our nutrition, but to heal the whole of who we are, we have to do the deep emotional work that it requires. Now, it takes time. There's no simple fix, but it is so worth it on the other side, like Amy said, to have that feeling of just coming home again. And I think so many of us are missing that or not even sure of what that feels like. But once you taste it, you'll just want more and more and more of it to really be who you were designed to be, because we need that. Like we need each and every person here to do their purpose, to live their life and to spread more joy and happiness. So today on the show, I wanted to do another quicker bonus episode on the difference between emotions and feelings because this was something I had to learn, especially when it came to changing the way that I think, like trying really hard to live a more positive and fulfilling and joy-filled life. Like my slogan says, to get healthy, get happy, and find more joy. But in order to do that, we really have to take back control of our feelings and to know what it is that we can control and what isn't in our control. So there's a big difference between emotions and feelings, and this helped me out a lot, and that's why I wanted to share it with you. Now I know we tend to use the words emotions and feelings and even moods interchangeably. And while they're closely related, there's something fundamentally different about each of them. And that's why this is so important to understand. Emotions and feelings are two very different things. Yes, related, close. I shouldn't say very different, but they are different things and there are different response inside of our brain. In fact, both are coming from different points of our brain. One is more of our unrealistic, irrational, unreasonable brain, and the other one is where we start to grasp and put it into action. So we're going to start by clarifying what are emotions and what are feelings, and there's just one simple way that I remember this, and it changes the way I do things. So to start with, let's look at emotions. So emotions are more physical and instinctive. They've actually been programmed into our genes and are hardwired into our genetics. Of course, these are complex and involve various physical and cognitive responses. The general purpose is to produce a specific response to a stimuli, basically saying that emotions are our reaction to the environment. So if you have a pen and paper with you, write that down. Emotions are a reaction to our environment. Now, what's interesting about emotions, unlike feelings, is that emotions can actually be measured objectively by things like blood flow, brain activity, facial expressions, and body stands. Like I mentioned, the emotions tend to come from more of our unrealistic, irrational, illogical part of our brain, which is our limbic system. And so we just have to be aware of that, that we have to put meaning to our emotions. And that's where feelings come into play. Feelings create the meaning behind the emotion that we're feeling. Now, when it comes to emotions, most people can pinpoint like four or five general emotions, but psychologists have actually identified 21 different categories of emotions. And this ranged from anything from admiration to anger, anxiety, awe, boredom, calmness, fear, guilt, horror, interest, joy, nostalgia, pride, romance, sadness, sexual desire, surprise, sympathy, and the list continues. So there's about 21 different um, categories of emotions that psychologists have identified. Remember, emotions are the reaction to our environment, but they tend to be a little bit more irrational, illogical, unreasonable, like there's not meaning to them. That's where feelings come in. This is where we create meaning behind our emotions. So feelings on the other hand play out in our head. They are the mental associations and reactions to our emotions. And these tend to be acquired through personal experience. These are memories and past experiences, perceptions. So again, pick up that pen and paper if you have it, where you wrote, emotions are reactions to our environment. Feelings are our perception of our emotions. So you see the difference? One is a a natural, genetic, hardwired reaction to what's going on. Feelings, on the other hand, are our perception of that emotion. Take, for instance, sadness. That's an emotion. Sadness is an emotion. So something sad happens and you could put 20 people in a room who are all experiencing the emotion of sadness. However, Each of the 20 people are going to feel that sadness in a different way. Some actually might take a positive spin on it. Some might have a very negative spin on it. But how they feel is actually their own perception of that emotion. So not all of us are going to feel the same way. We all have the the same general emotions, but how we perceive them or how we respond to them, which is our feeling, is much different from person to person. In fact, there are over 4,000 feelings defined in the English language, where most of us can recognize about 500 of those, but there are actually 4,000 defined feelings. Again, feelings always come after the emotions. The emotion always comes first, but then comes the feelings, and the feelings vary enormously from person to person, situation to situation, because feelings are shaped by the individual temperament and experience. So take this. Two people can feel the same emotion, but label it under different names. And what's interesting about feelings is this becomes more of our conscious action driver. So our feelings are actually driving our behavior. So even though you might have the emotion of sadness or anger or or whatever the emotion is, it's your feelings or your perception of that that's actually driving your behavior, the difference is emotions are event-driven, where feelings are learned behaviors triggered by an external event. What's so cool about this is it goes to show that when we perceive something, we can change that. So what I'm saying by this is that a lot of times we're overwhelmed by negative emotions, right? When we learn about this mindset series, so much of it is is that if we want to be healthy, we have to have some form of emotional intelligence where we can... I don't want to say manipulate, but choose how we feel. But we have to start making different choices in order to have a more positive mindset. And this is where the understanding between emotions and feelings makes such a huge difference. This shows us how we can essentially biohack our feelings to create what we want to feel or how we want to feel rather than just letting our emotions dictate what we do feel. So I hope you're picking up on this, but essentially saying emotions are not something we can change. It's our reaction to the environment. There's about 21 emotions. We all tend to feel them. But what we can change and what is our choice is how we react to those emotions, the feelings that we have, the perceptions that we have. And that is a choice. That is something we can change. We can engineer into new ways and put a positive spin on it. And I think this is pretty cool. And it, of course, it's not going to happen overnight. But take, for instance, you're feeling sadness or fear, right? Let's let's go back to the anxiety and fear. Or your emotion is to be anxious, right? But how you perceive that anxiety is actually causing you to do something positive about it or something negative about it. Your behavior depends on your feeling. So in general, most of us, when we feel anxiety, we're going to take that into a negative spin. That's going to make us feel bad and feel lonely and, and feel... Like the world is coming down on us, right? All these feelings that we could have of sadness and bitterness and envy and and whatever it is, right? It tends to take a negative spin. But what if we start perceiving that anxiety in a different light? We make that anxiety something we want to feel. So yes, you might be anxious or fearful, but maybe that fear, that emotion of fear can actually trigger some kind of happiness or drive. It can give you great motivation to move in a positive direction. So essentially what it's saying is you can biohack your feelings to make you feel how you want to feel. It's a choice. And I think this is pretty cool because I think a lot of times we let the circumstances of our life dictate our entire cascade of health, right? And dictate the whole of who we are. But what this is saying is that no person and no circumstance can influence the way that you feel. None of it can because it's a choice. It's our own perception. It's how we perceive other people and circumstances that makes us feel different things. And so no person and no circumstance actually can make you feel any differently. It's the feeling comes from your perception. So what I think is so cool about this is that we can consciously choose our feelings and behaviors according to who we want to be and how we want to live our life. We can consciously make decisions to make us feel better do better, be better, be healthier, all the things just simply by knowing that these are our choice. It's in these gaps between emotions and feeling and acting that we have the power to change and direct our lives for the better. And understanding our emotions and managing your feelings with conscious thinking prevents your emotions from hijacking your brain, followed by conscious action that can actually change your brain through neuroplasticity. What's cool about this is our brain is neuroplastic, meaning it has the ability to mold. So if in general or in the past, what we've been doing is these emotions that have been maybe more negative, we've been feeling them in a negative way. If we start to put them a positive spin on that, then we can start to change our brain to have a more positive spin. So that when these memories and these motions come up, instead of just instantly reacting in a negative way, we start to see more positive spin. Like I think about people who've gone through really tragic things and yet they tend to overall have just this happiness and joy about them. That wasn't probably as instinctful as it was a choice. They made a choice somewhere along the way to not let their emotions ruin their life, to not let their emotions hijack their brain, but they chose how they felt and they put a positive spin on that and that changed the trajectory of their life. So I think this is pretty cool information because I really do believe that it can change the trajectory of our life. This alone, this knowledge alone, and that we have the ability to choose how we want to feel and we can choose regardless of the circumstance that we're put in because our brain is neuroplastic, meaning it can change and over time it will change if we just stay consistent with it. What's also cool is we no longer have to allow other people and other circumstances to dictate how we feel. It's our choice and our perception, not their own. Only we are in charge of how we feel. I wanted to share some wisdom from Brendan Burchard in the book High Performance Habits. and This is a great resource if you want to learn more about feelings and emotions and and basically creating better habits in your life. But in the section uh, called Seek Clarity, he states the second practice that will help heighten and sustain clarity in your life is to ask yourself frequently, what is the primary feeling I want to bring to the situation and what is the primary feeling I want to get from the situation? I just think those are really great questions because I don't think often we think that we can control our feelings in those kind of ways. I think we allow the emotions that we're feeling in other people to maintain power over us when we actually make the choice in how we want to feel. He also goes on to state a great example. He says, if I'm in a meeting and people suddenly start arguing with a negative tone, I'll probably experience immediate emotions like fear, anger, or sadness. The response is pretty predictable. My heart will start pounding. My hands will get sweaty. My breathing will get shallow. Those emotions can soon evoke feelings of dread or anxiety. Knowing this, I can choose to feel differently and the meeting even if those emotions come up instinctively. I can tell myself that the emotions are just telling me to pay attention or to speak up for myself or to feel empathetic towards others. Instead of allowing the emotion to evoke the feeling of dread, I can just let it be, take a few deep breaths and choose to feel alert yet calm. I can keep breathing deeply, speak in an even tone, Sit comfortably in my chair. Think positively about the people in the room. Choose to be a calm force amid the storm. All the choices generate a new feeling that's different from what came up earlier. My automatic emotions don't have to be in charge. My feelings are my own. I'm gonna repeat that last line because I think it's so good and even worth writing down and having with you from time to time. He states, my automatic emotions don't have to be in charge. My feelings are my own. He goes on to say, over time, if I choose to create the feelings I want for my emotions, my brain will likely habituate to the new feelings. Fear suddenly doesn't feel so bad anymore because my brain has learned that I'll deal with it well. My old references for how I feel after the emotion have changed, and that can change the actual autonomic emotion's power. The emotion of fear still might get triggered, but now the feeling I sense from it is what I've created in the past. Emotions come and go, they're mostly immediate, instinctive, and physical, but feelings last and they're often a result of rumination, which you have control over. All you have to do is get yourself to choose how you want to feel in each situation you enter. So maybe you're going into a hard conversation with your child. You have to choose how you want to feel before you go in. Or in those situations, over time, the more you get yourself into these habitual rhythms of choosing a more positive, calm state, the more likely your body will go back to that and respond in any situation in that way. So in your everyday life, my question to you today is, What do you want to feel today? Because ultimately, we can't choose our environment, but we can choose how we perceive that, how we react to that, and that changes through changing our feelings. So take some time. In every situation, my challenge to you is, how do you want to feel How do you want to feel today? How do you want to feel when you get home from work, when you interact with your spouse or your kids? How do you want to feel in that meeting? Yeah, it might not go as planned and it's going to take some work to get there, but the more we practice these positive emotions, the more our body will stay there and react in a positive way. I just think it's so fascinating, the difference, and I hope that was helpful to you, that we can't always change our emotions, but we can change the way we act in those emotions. We can change the way that we feel. So my hope for you is that you will start to recognize, to be more aware of how you want to feel, what you are feeling, and change that in a positive way. I know this is something that I need to work on in every situation to be aware of and create more positive responses. So habitually, my brain will go back to that. I know it's just in time, a short change, but it really will add up to make massive change in your overall life. So I hope you found that. Beneficial and the shorter podcast on the difference between emotions and feelings. I think this is a thinker podcast where you really have to stop and just think about it and roll it around in your mind and just look at your past experiences and see how this is true for you. So take some time, let it roll around, head on over to my show notes where I'm going to give you a little bit more insight into this difference. Over at Simperance backslash 175. I'll also give you those resources I mentioned here on the podcast. So check that out. Also, while you're there, make sure you download the Joy Experiment where you can start walking through how you want to feel, what are those values, and really starting to live like the person you want to become. Anyways, that's it for today's podcast. I am coming back here on. Wednesday for the final episode in this mindset series, I'm giving you my 10 lessons I've learned from therapy. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be a good one. And then we're switching gears and we're talking all about intuitive eating, specifically how to raise healthy eaters. So stay tuned as we switch gears for just a few weeks before we get into that Enneagram series that you're not going to want to miss. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Simports Radio. I am thrilled that you're here. Make sure you check out those show notes, simportswellness.com backslash 175. And I will see you back here on Wednesday.